Hey everyone, welcome to another ACR Radio. This week we've got a little something different for you. Um, we have a demotivational speaker. So for those who don't know what a demotivational speaker is, this will be a really interesting listen. Um, we got the chance to interview Mike Winnie this week, which was one of those things where I didn't really know how to approach it because how do you ask a demotivational speaker how he motivates people, how he doesn't motivate people, what uh, he's learned from his journey, why he call himself a demotivational speaker and not um, a, a realist, uh, an optimist, uh, all other words of that ilk, I guess. Um, Mike is a really, really interesting guy. Um, his take on business, life, and all of these different areas, uh, in my opinion, is really refreshing. I really enjoyed speaking to him. I think I, I do agree with a lot of what he says. Um, you, you've got guys like um, Gary V and Oleg and all these people who we mentioned in the show. When we, I, I'm not against. I follow these people too. I, I'm inspired by them. I'm motivated by them from time to time. Um, but it's really interesting for someone to say that's that's not how it should be. Um, I, Mike makes an interesting comment on the show about if everyone's if everyone's selling, who's buying, and and that's the thing. Like, not everybody needs to do everything to be okay. Um, we talk about quite a lot where success is relative to you, to your life, to your aspirations. Um, all of these people who try and motivate you, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, and, and the like of those guys. They always tell you how to be successful, but they never actually define what success is because it is unique to you. Your desires, your uh, motivations, your outlook on life is completely unique to you. And that's kind of what Mike is saying. If you want to be a bin man, then that's absolutely fine. If you want to own a hundred million pound business, that's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with either of those things. It's how you define yourself and how you define success to you. So take a listen, uh, let us know what you think and enjoy the show. Okay, so this week on the show, we've got Mike Winner. Um, I'm going to let Mike introduce himself but before he does, I just really want to say thanks to Mike for taking the time. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. We appreciate you um, talking about your books and your business and things like that. And for anyone who doesn't know or isn't aware of Mike Winner, welcome to the show. And do you want to drop yourself an introduction? Yeah, so I am Mike Winnett and I am the UK's number one demotivational speaker. So I am on LinkedIn and I'm the antidote to the Olegs and the Bridgets and the other self-appointed inspirational gurus. That's basically what I do. I remind people that they've got their dreams and capabilities completely mixed up and that's a recipe for disaster. So um, the chances of you making a real impact on the world are minimal. You need to stop believing all the hype. You're not going to be as successful as these motivational people tell you. Just enjoy being average because that's what we all are. That's it really. So then I suppose the first question, which uh, most people will be thinking, and, and certainly for me, was the question that jumped out first, was why why call yourself a demotivational speaker? Why not something more positive? Why not a, a, a realist uh, and something along that kind of ilk rather than demotivational? Do you think it, it brings negative connotations with it? 
Um, well, I, I suppose it could do, but and as you'll know from marketing, you want to try and put yourself in a a niche or a, a sector where there's minimal competition. And only an idiot would call themselves a demotivational speaker. And I'm that idiot, really. So it was, why join an overpopulated sector? Um, motivational speakers are 10 a penny, and they all seem to be following the same paint-by-numbers rules of being inspirational. It's almost like um, fake inspirational, isn't it? So I just thought, well, I'm going to try and go against as many of those rules as I can. So um, don't get me wrong. The, I was brought up in a broken home and, you know, I used to sell chocolate in school and then I turned to drug dealing and now I'm a multi-million uh, best-selling Amazon author or I've got multiple world records. Sure, that might be inspiration to some people, but um, I don't really think it is to a lot of people. So by being in this niche, I think people can instantly identify with it. Um, and I think that there's, there's definitely a crowd on LinkedIn uh, that seems to be growing, really, that's sick of these... Uh, almost fake entrepreneurs, uh, sorry, fake entrepreneurs and inspirational leaders out there that are trying to force the same, same watered down inspirational message to us. So that was it. It was just so it was easily identifiable, um, and I could be seen as different to these other people. So, do you think when when you pitch yourself as a demotivational speaker and you talk about being average and it's fine to be average, and um, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about how we we view success as well in, in a little bit, which I know we talked about earlier do you do you think that people get it and get the idea of of what you're about do you think they understand when you put tongue-in-cheek posts on linkedin or on twitter and facebook and all these kinds of things that they you're saying what they wish they could say or do you find that people think you're just trying to be clever about it and trying to get a rise out of it um, I think, do you know what? I honestly think that people that follow me on, I wouldn't even say follow me. I'd say people that sort of interact or engage with my content usually fall into three, three groups. It's those that understand exactly what I'm doing and realize that it's almost like holding a mirror up to these motivational people and showing like how ridiculous it is and how easy it is to construct posts in a certain way. Um, but obviously I'm doing it in a way where it highlights how ridiculous that those posts are. So there's those people that get it and like it. There's those people that don't get it and they comment. And I mean, some of the comments on my posts are absolute gold. Where, and these are people in senior positions that you'd consider to be intelligent people or smart people. Um, you know, you've heard of post law before. It's like they can't see that that's so grossly exaggerated or it's um, it's so blatantly obvious it's parody or it's satire um, that they can't see it. It's but because they're so desperate to almost um, display how professional they are and why it's such a stupid. They're chomping at the bit really to to stamp down on it. There's those people, and then there's other people that actually just think I'm an absolute idiot, and and they don't get it at all. You know, they just think like uh, it's not real or only an idiot would say these types of things. So they're the, they're the groups that you get, those that get it and find it funny, those that get it and don't find it funny. And then there's those that don't get it whatsoever. And they seem to be the ones that I enjoy the most interacting with, to be honest. So do you think then, um, off the back of that one, where you were saying about um, company leaders and, and CEOs and all these kind of things jump on it and they, they want to be seen as that corporate guy, they want to be seen as that... Um, epitome of, of business and aspiration and all these kind of things um do, is there a way where you think they wish they could say what you're saying and that's why they're jumping on it 
Like, um, I completely I agree with I... you, but I need my facade is I'm a businessman, so I'm a businessman or businesswoman. Or, or business yeah, person. I think some people I call it like um, faux anger. It's they pretend they're enraged or, or sorry, or outraged or. Um, about some of the comments, even though a lot of the stuff that um, I say online, we all know goes on in the workplace. Now, you're not telling me that when you get some CVs uh, from potential new uh, candidates or employees that you're going to interview, that there isn't that lad in the office that goes onto Facebook and checks some of the names. Because yeah. we all know that happens, because we've all worked in that workplace where that happens. And you're not telling me where you've not said, oh, well, I like the look of him or I like the look of her, let's get them down for interview. Because, again, we know that happens. But then if I put that online, some people make out that that's really unprofessional. But it's like, I bet that goes on in your recruitment um, company or that goes on in your sales company or that goes on in your call center or that goes on. It goes on across the whole UK in many jobs. And we all know it happens. So I don't know why we pretend that it doesn't. So it's like, it's a perfect opportunity for these so-called professional people to show that, we don't do that here and we frown upon that when in, in reality they, they do do that there probably yeah it happens every day i've been in offices before where people have said who's coming in for the interview and, and they've been facebooked or googled or whatever else like i think just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean it doesn't happen which is it's true I know, of a I lot know, of things exactly that exactly that so that's all it was for you it was kind of like trying to hold a mirror up to some of the things that people say online and then what we know actually goes on behind that in the real world yeah do you know what I mean? So it's like when you give someone employee of the month and they post a picture up of them and there they are smiling with a certificate. Like it's, I don't know. I think some people's idea of marketing themselves and their businesses on LinkedIn, it's so sterile and so wrong that it's almost like counterproductive. By trying to please everybody, you're actually pleasing no one. And also, and like I was saying about the people that get what I do, there's definitely a group of people on there that are smart enough to see through this bullshit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And I think that's a growing number, by the way. Like, it's we... just there's a huge number that actually like some of that content. You know, where it's like fake, um, sorry, made up stories about hiring someone, you know, um, that no one else has taken a chance on, and how they became the top top earner or the best hire ever within like three weeks of starting. We can all see those stories aren't true, but they get thousands of likes. So it just goes to show that there's a lot of people out there that obviously can't think for themselves or read between the lines of a post or see stuff for what it is. Do you think there's an element of, there's a, uh, in a way, there's a, to play devil's advocate, there's a place for those stories though as a pick-me-up or as a, um, do you know what, your feed is full of self-promotion, your feed is full of check out my link, yeah. do this for me, do that for me, download this ebook, look at this white paper and there's so much online socially that is just a hard sell sometimes those things are like an escape to say yeah do you know what that is even if it's not an, don't get me wrong there is, there is a story yeah there is there is um, a place for it it's, it's called the fiction section at the library if you want to read <laughs> stuff like that go there okay cool don't get me wrong something so, a lot of these people some of them are doing some really good stuff yeah and some of them genuinely do live the life that they um profess they do online but it's it's almost like the next tier of these influencers, which are trying to copy those top level, and it's it's there they are with their um, Amazon bestseller, world record holder, job titles, CEO, founder, job titles. When it's you sat in your kitchen, 
it's like cool just just say what it is because that's that's actually what people are more likely to buy into i believe yeah just you i might be wrong by the way. no do you know what we were like we were talking before about um just before we came on the show I, i've had multiple conversations lately with clients about just saying just put a bit more of you into your business put a bit more of what you are your situation your uh, the way you run your business because there's so much fluff and so much um like we mentioned before so many filtered feeds so many filtered lifestyles so many filtered approaches to different things that i think that there is an element of people want real people want to see you sh- not struggle but they want to see you put the grind in like we mentioned before there's influencers now who, who spend their whole amount of time um uh, just building their feed out to make it look completely fake and like this is my life it's not your life because it's completely fake like make it look like your life do you know what don't tell us about the 10 best hires that you've ever made tell us about the one that you absolutely messed up on and ended yeah. up uh, ended up logging to the you know scam skimming your money from the online banking because you give them the details yeah or Tell them about that time that you went on the Christmas do and it turned into an absolute fist fight and you're never going out on a Christmas do again. Like they're the kind of stories that I think people want to hear, not, oh, look, I gave an old blazer of mine to a homeless person and then get a picture with them. Like, I just find that that's just ridiculous, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just weird. So then at the whole um, fake view versus real life versus um, what's some, the grey area in the middle. So you... Like we mentioned before, you label yourself as a demotivational speaker. You occasionally yeah. want demotivational speaker. Do you find that when when you speak or, or your books that are out and stuff like that, that they're, they're actually motivational to that person who is happy being themselves? Like we mentioned before, success is relative to, to your life, to your lifestyle, to what you want. Some people, success is having a family. I, I, I don't necessarily care about what job I have as long as I come home to my family, as long as I have a roof over my head. Some people, success is I want a million pounds, 10 million, 100 million. So by being honest in that regard, do you th- do you find that you are motivational in that, in that respect? Um... I don't know, really. I suppose you'd have to ask the, the people that like my stuff. I, I think, um, really, and this is me personally, I find my own motivation, indie motivation, like it's, you've got to look at how bad your life could be if you didn't do this stuff. So if you didn't, you know, get that sailing or get that money that you need or, you know, hit target and manage to earn your bonus, what's the alternatives? And it's that almost like... You know, people say they always focus on the positive and all that law of attraction stuff, which in my mind's nonsense, by the way, law of attraction. It's like, it's action that makes things happen. I mean, I, you can have anything written on a post-it note on a, on a whiteboard, but if it just stays there, nothing's actually going to happen. Uh, but a lot of these gurus will tell you that, you know, that's what you need to do. You need to visualize stuff. You don't need to visualize anything. You need to just go out and do it. Yeah, and that's um, but yeah. So if it is motivation for some people, that's cool. But I mean, I, I never set out. That was never the intention. It was more to just uh, highlight how a lot of the people that follow, like, and share and are bought into this kind of uh, uh, motivational world are the same kind of people that you would laugh at in the early rounds of the X Factor. You know, that aren't really very good at what they're doing. Yeah, they're just trying to make it look like they know what they're doing. Yeah, and they've been, and they've been put on TV when really they shouldn't necessarily be on TV. They should be seeking some help. We shouldn't be laughing at these people. We should be helping these people. So then, to go back to what you said about 
before um, about not being motivational and motivational and all that kind of stuff. Um, your 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 speaking events and your writing and all that kind of stuff is that is that something that you've wanted to do to say I want to be this realist, the motivational no. person? Is it something that no. is an accident, a, a nice accident, or how did that come about? Yeah, so um, it is kind of by accident, really. I was asked if I'd be interested in doing some books, and I said I would only do the, do books, as in like a genuine business book. And I said I'd only do a book and only write if I could do it, taking the mick out of what I don't like online. And the, the people that I don't like online are what I call contrepreneurs. They're, the, they're fake entrepreneurs that have convinced other people that they are entrepreneurs and they are at the gym at four in the morning and they are, you know, in the gym for four hours before firing out emails while they're queuing for their airplane and stuff like that. And some, some listeners will know who I'm on about, but yeah, I remember that post. <laughs> yeah. So it's, and I call these entrepreneurs and it's, it's, it is nonsense. It is nonsense. So yeah, so it never, so I said, I'd only do a book if it was as if I could do it how I wanted to. And then off the back of that, people just started getting in touch saying, you know, can I book a demotivational talk? I don't know what it is, but I like your post online. So I didn't even want to do that. It might sound demotivational, but I didn't want to do it. So I, I set a price that really I thought this will scare people off. And it didn't. And then it made me realize, oh, wow. It's like you really can sell anything these days. You know, people, people are looking for different things. And maybe I am just like um, servicing a, a crowd that, that likes this sort of stuff. I don't know. There's other stuff out. There's other people out there that are similar. You know, that post similar posts. And I like their stuff too. Yeah, and there's a lot of people online that are doing a lot of people online that have started doing this. Or you know, you might call them realists or whatever. Maybe not call themselves demotivational speakers. And I would say they get a lot more traction than your kind of people in the middle that are trying to be ultra professional and ultra positive about everything. And say they've done it all before, so you can do it too. They'll teach you all the tricks and all the, the trade secrets and things like we mentioned before. That's it. So then, the, the, here's an example. So in in the book, I, I break down some of the rules between. Um, what an entrepreneur would do and what a contrepreneur would do. Now, there's one rule, and it's a really simple example to give. It's uh, work uh, smart, not hard. You know when people say that? Oh, you just got to work smart, not hard. Or yeah. if I had six hours, I'd spend four hours sharpening the axe. You know when people say stuff like that? Yeah. Now, I yeah. think that's nonsense. It's nonsense. Really, really ultra-successful people work hard and smart. To say uh, Tim Ferriss, the four-hour work week. Have you seen that? The four-hour yeah, week, yeah, that yeah, book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the perfect example. I think he tried something like 90 different titles for that book. He just split test the titles, and that was the one that was the most successful. So we had the same content out, but with different titles on. And why did that work? Because people initially thought, oh, wow, I can be as, as successful as him in just four hours a week. Yeah. But if you read the book, it's given like 90-hour weeks to get into that position. And that's the bit where these entrepreneurs seem to fail to recognize or not want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. And I, like we mentioned before as well, like off uh, before we started recording about the lives that they portray, like I have a, a, a fast car, I have a Rolex, I have this, I have that, I'm flying to this place, I'm flying to that place. And it's all well and good, but no one actually wants to talk about the grind. No one actually wants to say, I'm up at four o'clock in the morning and I'm answering emails because I didn't finish them yesterday. I was up till midnight on a project that 
has got to be done for tomorrow and it's still only half complete. Like, I don't really think anyone glorifies the grind. Everyone wants to be oh, successful no. today, but doesn't want to put any hours in and doesn't want to actually do the work required to get there. I, I think. Yeah, because that is hard work, isn't it? That bit's hard work. I did a post on this, um, um, an actual post, and they saying, like, everyone wants to look successful rather than be successful. Yeah. Because actually being successful requires hard work and hard work's hard. And that scares a lot of people off. A lot of people off. So it's a lot easier to follow these inspirational people, like and share their content. Like um, I recently did a post on Gary V. Gary V did a, a tweet with a two-minute video on, and it received something like 26 retweets within the first 30 seconds it had been tweeted. Now, how can you like and share that content when you've not even seen it yet? Yeah, you just want to be part of the group who was liking yeah. the content rather yeah, than... For all, we know, for all we know, he could have drop-kicked the baby over some goalposts or something halfway through. <laughs> yeah. But you don't know, do you? No. That's my point. But like, there's some sheeple on there that just click, oh, Gary V says something, I'm going to click like, I'm going to click, click retreat. So people that follow me think I'm like Gary V. Yeah. It's I've got no problem with him, by the way. I genuinely am going to see him next month. Yeah, that was the next question. Like, in some of your posts... Um, which we, we will mention the Piers Morgan one as well, which actually made me chuckle um, as well. But the Gary V post, Tony Robbins, you mentioned just then Tim Ferriss and um, all those kind of guys who are ultra, ultra motivational. People pay thousands and thousands and thousands to see them. And, and like we mentioned earlier on, people don't see them to engage, to engage and be told, but not necessarily take action, I think, on what they're being told. But do you have an issue with them per se? Do you not? Do you en encourage them? Because the more that they put out, the more content you have to uh, challenge or uh, twist to, to, to make yeah. it more re relative. It's funny, really. The more the more of these people there are and the more content they're putting out, at least there's more, more stuff. It gives me more um, stuff to parody and I can pick and choose what I want to do. But I don't, I've not really got a problem with them. It's each to their own. If they, if, honestly, if they found a crowd and they found... And it, and people are willing to pay for it. Cool. It's almost like the it's the blind followers, the sheeple that follow him that I've got a problem with. And also, often, and the bigger they are, the less likely they are to buy it. I think, and they're not gonna, they won't engage with me. Like, so them, who, who do they care who might win it? Is in fact, um, Gary V's uh, sent me a message on Twitter before and liked and shared some of my content. But that was a bot. You could tell it was a bot the way it was written. You know, the, yeah. the message he sent. So it's like, I don't even think they care. They don't care. It's the ones, and this is the ones I've got a problem with, it's the next level, which is so blatantly not telling the truth, and it's not their lifestyle. And it's, uh, but they're pretending to be because they want to be the next Gary Vee. And I'll give you an example of this. Gary Vee signs off his content with his like, signature. Yeah. You look around on LinkedIn now, and there may be certain uh, former Apprentice winners that have started doing that. They're like a Gary Vee knockoff. There's other... Amazon best-selling uh, writers and world record holders that also do the same thing. But it's like, we all know where you've got this idea from. You're just a paint-by-numbers Gary V. You're like a poor man's Gary V. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But do you know what's interesting about that? Like, um, the amount of times uh, Tony Robbins or Tim Ferriss or even Gary V, you could just purely while we're talking about them, have said, don't try and be the next Gary V. Don't try and be the next Tony Robbins. Be in the most motivational way you can say it be the best version of you possible so if you're actually listening and you're actually taking on board what he's saying and you're engaging with 
all the content that he is putting out in the right way. You should know copying is not what he's telling you to do. He's not telling yeah, you but... to say what I say and do what I do. He's telling you to find your own niche and um, find your own way about things. No, sign all your content. I know it's an extreme example, but sign off with your signature because I sign off with my signature. That's that's not the message in the content. Like make yourself the brand. I mean, that requires actual thinking, doesn't it? And heart, like it's so much easier just to copy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like we were saying earlier, like. How many times have you seen Gary V or Tony Robbins or it, we were talking about Warren Buffett as well and, and, and Mark Zuckerberg have um, show their Rolex and their, their Jaguar and their this and their that and the other? They don't. They're not yeah, they, busy uh, watching content or engaging in content. They're busy actually doing and actually achieving and actually making a success. They're not. I was in Ibiza on, um, for a few days in July. And I was staying in a hotel, Jet Apartments in Bora Bora. I don't know if you know it. Yeah. Yeah, so I was at the Jet. Now, I don't know how much it costs, but it's, you know, you're not talking more than 100 quid a night, 150 quid a night or whatever. So we're there. Yeah, you've got groups of lads bouncing around in like Gucci bum bags, Gucci glasses, Gucci flip stuff. Looks like they've been chewed up and spat out of a Gucci factory. <laughs> yeah. But they're wearing different stuff every day. And do you know what instantly springs to mind? Is fake. Like you pull that off Instagram. Yeah. Because real people that can afford that kind of stuff aren't sat there like saying, oh, wow, look at my Gucci slides. No one's asked. Yeah. So it's, it's like a label it's you're a, putting on yourself. Or there's certain people that are interested in that stuff. It's like, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily, they'd be fans of Mike Winnett. Do you know what I mean? It's people that yeah. kind of like, aren't impressed by that lifestyle. But maybe that's a problem, a wider problem with stuff like Instagram and social media and stuff. I don't know. But do you think. Do you think there's an element of because all of these lifestyles are so in your face because of social media, it's now that's what people attain to be, have a yeah. lifestyle that they can't sustain, but the view of that lifestyle is more important than actually being able to sustain it or the fact that it's real? Yeah, of course. Yeah, looking, looking successful is more important than being successful. Looking like you can afford something is more important than actually being able to afford something. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with that, definitely. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, well, like we mentioned before about people want to be in that circle of I know this influence not know the influencer, but I'm engaging with this influencer's piece of content, even though I don't actually know what and or possibly care what it is. I just want people to know I like Gary V's stuff. We're using him as an example, but there's plenty of other people. Um yeah. to say I like his stuff or if it's a fashion influencer or if it's a, a, a car influencer or whoever it is if I'm in that circle of people who like you by proxy I am there's an element of cool there yeah of course okay. yeah no I agree I agree that is, that's definitely true and it's definitely true on LinkedIn like LinkedIn's I've only moved on to other platforms recently because um, because of the book and I knew that necessarily I can't just stick to one platform um, but Say on LinkedIn, everyone knows who these people are. And um, it's almost like they kill you with kindness as well. Like if you criticize them, they either uh, delete your block, which which is cool. It's anyone's progress that they can do that. But often they'll respond to you in a way where they're ultra positive, but like almost passive aggressive. So they're quite often, the way they respond to people isn't how they, um, you know, like, like to be perceived online anyway, if you look at yeah. how they do. Because what they like is they just like 21,000 people clicking like or saying amazing or you're so kind or you're inspirational but if you actually say 
which person did you hire? Like, where are they in the company now? If you ask any question which actually scratches a tiny bit below the surface, they don't like that. Yeah, it's too invasive. They don't like that one bit. Because it's obviously not true. Now, if you've got this best hire ever and they're doing amazing, uh, amazing in a company and they're on LinkedIn, you'd tag them in, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd say this person is amazing. Yeah, without a doubt. But, but they never do. It's always, you know, like I did a post the other day, like saying you know, someone that's got um, a foot for a head, no arms, no legs, and then you've gone and hired them. Now they're the best Formula One driver ever. <laughs> it's like, that's not true. Yeah. But but put that some of these people could put that story out and that would that would hit ten thousand likes easily. Just because so LinkedIn, people just LinkedIn, like I think the standard of LinkedIn's slipped definitely over the last twelve months. Okay, so how are you finding the transition? And you mentioned, yeah, I, I know we're gonna we'll mention the the Piers Morgan tweet in a minute, which he engaged with as well, and it was kind of like yeah. a, a bit of a joke on him. But how are you finding the transition from um, LinkedIn? which you're comfortable with, you've done for a long time, going over to Facebook and the reactions you're getting on Facebook and Twitter and stuff? Yeah, um, it's it's a different world. There's a, there's a million people out there that are funnier than me. You know, there's a million people out there that are funnier than you, smarter than you, you know, all these kind of things. And on, on Twitter, you're competing with that many people and people are less professional. So having a sort of a mic win it on Twitter doesn't work so well. Um it doesn't yeah i'd say it doesn't work as well at all but um Do it's you all right have to use different levels of um sarcasm or different there's different language that is reacted to more than others like i know linkedin yeah. is quite corp well originally quite corporate and quite business and people do kind of it's stiff upper lip sort of thing on occasion do you find that, like you mentioned then, Twitter is just, I can say whatever I want and get away with it, so it's fine. Yeah, so it means that like there's less kind of like, oh, you can't say that here. So fewer people bite. But then also my audience is a lot smaller, like followers-wise. Um, it's interesting, actually. It's someone on LinkedIn. Uh, I can say the name, can I? Yeah, uh, yeah, if you want to, yeah. yeah so um, I've got um, a connection called Claire Williams, and she said to me, uh, she's a regional, a regional business coordinator. She's based in Bristol. Um, she posts some really good stuff, like good sense of humor and stuff like that. So she sent me a message. So like basically, she must have gone on my Twitter account and looked and basically told me that I was doing it all wrong and what I should do. So with about 20 minutes after reading her message to me, I went and basically did what she told me to do. And I, I must have gained about 300 followers within the next sort of hour. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, she, she's nothing to do with social media or anything like that. She's just, um, she works for a training company, but... Um, it was just, she was basically saying, I don't know if it's ironic, your Twitter account, as in like you're saying, you're influencing thousands of below average people, but when you've only got a hundred followers, it looks, it looks a bit silly. So you need to do X, Y, Z and you'll get a lot more followers. And so I've started doing that and my followers have started to increase quite quickly, but yeah, it's a completely different, uh, audience, completely different content needed. And also you are competing with like a lot of different people on that. And also, uh, I don't need to sound bad now. But like the the type of person that has Twitter, it's uh, the spectrum of that uh, type of people is so vast. I would yeah. say it's a lot wider than say LinkedIn. Yes. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, there's some posts there. Are, some posts on Twitter I read it and I don't even know if they're speaking English. They are English, but there's like no punctuation. It's all like in text language. I I reread it maybe four or five times, and I still don't understand what they're saying. Yeah. No, uh, whereas I, on LinkedIn, that, that very rarely happens. 
I've got a friend who is like the grammar police. I know um, he hates all that kind of stuff, so I can totally, <laughs> I can totally relate because people do because well, I know the count character count has increased over the last couple of months and stuff like that, but people do really struggle with the English language on Twitter from time to time. And that's that English people, thing, by the yeah. way. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, because they think, oh, I'll just shorten every single word and it'll be fine just to get the message out. It's like no one even cares what the message is because no one actually understands what you're trying to say. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, I do completely agree with that. Well, I've seen posts when they're, like, when they're written by a Scottish person and stuff. I find that funny because obviously I'm, you're reading it in your head in like a Scottish accent. Yeah. So I find something like that funny. But, yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's a completely different audience. And then Facebook, I don't even know where to start with that, to be honest. I've never had Facebook ever. Is it something, so. though, that... Um, with with Twitter and with Facebook, well, like you mentioned, then you've never had Facebook before. Is it something that is of interest to you, so you're going to learn it, or is it it's a business development tool, so you have to learn it? How are you yeah, taking your um, approach to it? Yeah, so just business business. As soon as the novelty wears off, this you know, I just disappear and disappear completely off social media. I don't see myself having it, you know, as in I want to use this in my personal life. So you put so then by that logic you post and you engage with your own posts, but you don't necessarily um, go out of your way to consume content from other people no. unless it's to do with what you're talking about or it's a research kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically, it. And, I, and I mean, I, I do that in real life as well. Yeah. If I'm interested in something, I'll go and find it, and that's in any format. Like I, I like to read a lot, as in proper books, you know, um, audio books. I listen to stuff like that, but. Yeah, I don't just sit there consuming like content from all over the place just for the sake of it. You know, I like, get caught in like a YouTube hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah where you, what, people just sit weird there. Weird video, it's almost like I go and research something I'm interested in, and then that's it. I pretty much stick to the same things, but yeah. Cool. Okay. So then, what I suppose uh, the next logical question would be: What is the goal or the? Uh, if there is an end game, um, end game to demotivational speaking, do you think it's going to be a niche that is a novelty? Do you think it's going to be a niche that is is continuing to grow? Like you mentioned before, there's plenty of other people who do what you do uh, in that whole realist, uh, like being optimistic but with a limit um, approach to life and business and and career and all these kind of things. So where do you see it going, or are you just going to ride the wave and see what happens? Yeah, um, well, while there's people that will listen, I, I, I still do stuff on LinkedIn. Um, when the books come out, I still do stuff, but I can see it might win it slowly dying a slow, painful death probably, unless I get banned from LinkedIn at the moment. I'm, my account's under review anyway, so I might be gone next week. Oh, wow. Why should it, Are you allowed to say why your account's under review? Yeah, by all means. Yeah, so um, it's just um, a well-known influencer uh, posted a post that was a rehash of an old post they did about nine months ago, okay. which I actually parodied nine months ago. So I just thought it would be funny to highlight that this influencers ran out of fake stories to tell, and they're now just regurgitating their own content from from you know the last twelve months, because obviously they've got a lot more followers now, so they don't realise that this is content that they put out previously. Yeah. But I thought I'd do it in a humorous way by actually linking it to my parody post and saying, oh, look, I've been parodied. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and we're then, trying uh, to recycle old content, and as are yeah, you, yeah. and it's, they're not yeah, happy about then, it. Yeah, because then, because then some people said, how come 
uh, Mike Winnett's post nine months old and yours is a week old, you must have copied him. They then like got really angry about it. They blocked anyone that wrote, raised that uh, question on the on their story on the sorry, on the post sorry, and then um, reported it to LinkedIn. So LinkedIn have now restricted my account. So a lot of people can't search me on LinkedIn anymore. A lot of people can't tag me in posts on LinkedIn anymore. And I got an email today from LinkedIn saying uh, it was a copyright infringement. Oh. Now, if you read the two stories, if you read the two stories, it's quite amusing because they're very different. You know, my story ends in a massive failure and how I was like really rude to this employee. Um, while theirs was a triumphant, you know, they turned this employee's life around and they're, now they're amazing. And luckily, um, aren't they such a great person? Mine's I'm such a bad person and the employee's life went to, went to shit. So it, the, the stories aren't the same at all. They just start off the same. And the influence. Uh, but yes, yeah, so LinkedIn yeah, so then, so then LinkedIn have pulled the content, but funnily enough, to tell me what content they've, they've stolen, uh, sorry, they've um, censored, they had to send me a screenshot of it. So we just reposted the screenshot. You've reposted the screenshot. Say so this is the content that's been censored. So it's back on LinkedIn already. And the, the influencer, are you, um, do you engage with the influencer? Do you, is it something well, that... I've, I've been banned, uh, sorry, I've been blocked by that influencer for 12 months anyway. So I, like, there's, I've not seen or heard any of their content at all. Um, it was just when someone, because I get people send me um, content all the time, like, Mike, have you seen this or you'll like this? So I get emails every day, sorry, not emails, messages every day on LinkedIn saying, you need to, you need to have a look at this con content. You need to see this person. You need to connect with this person. You'll like, you'll enjoy this. So people send me stuff all the time now. It's almost like review. Yeah. Parody. There's an element of you don't even have to, in the nicest way, create your own content because people are saying, oh, like on the download, this is something that you should bite up. This is screenshot. That... I get screenshots every day. Mike, you need to look at this. Oh, Mike, I, I wish I could do something with this. I'm not allowed to tag you in. So I get people that tell me they're not allowed to interact with my content, you know, work, tell them they're not allowed to. Because it's honest or because it's not corporate enough for them. Because, yeah, because if they're seen as liking and liking and sharing or um, commenting on my posts, then it might look like their company endorses some of Mike Winnett's views. And obviously some of Mike Winnett's views are ridiculous, aren't they? So, so yeah, but, but I still get them sending me messages. I'll give you a really funny story. I've got a friend and um, his wife, was connected with me on LinkedIn. We're good friends. And um, she used to complain about me at work, saying, how can you, uh, at home, sorry, how can you be friends with him in real life? He's such an idiot. And he said, you, do, you, you don't get it. Yeah, and she was saying, it can't be a joke. He says this stuff all the time. And then um, she's disconnected with me. Uh, so, and she doesn't speak to me as in, in real life because of, she, she doesn't really understand that it's parody and satire on LinkedIn. Wow. Which so, is mad, isn't it? Yeah, when you think like some, even when we spoke before about uh, the different kinds of people that you interact with or you parody and, and that kind of stuff, there's still an element of whatever you're doing, you just be successful at it, I think, with, with everyone, yeah. isn't there? Like, there's certain people online that I really like watching their content, there's certain people I see and think um, you're talking absolute shit um and it's you, like you mentioned before very much paint by numbers content where people are buying into it and it's wrong it, it, 
blatantly wrong to charge people for what you're telling them because it's not it's it, it's just not worth money it's it's a google search if people actually took a minute and and thought about it but i i also think there's an element of just be successful at what you do just let people enjoy it you're not hating anyone you're kind of entertaining people in in a way to kind of be that it's fine to be who you are you don't have to be anything else just accept you as you yeah exactly yeah Cool. But I've noticed on Twitter, there's a lot of um, Twitter handles that actually um, highlight LinkedIn content. I don't know if you've seen uh, like at the state of LinkedIn and crap on LinkedIn. There are two Twitter accounts which basically screenshot content and, and then repost it. What's funny is one of my uh, posts has just been done by state of LinkedIn. So they posted it thinking it was real. And then the comments on that uh, tweet were, you do realize that it is a parody and you, you've posted this as, as real. You know, so that was interesting that even when they're an account that actually searches for that type of content, I'm doing the same thing that they're doing, only on LinkedIn. And they can't tell the difference between what, in my mind, is obvious parody. Yeah. And that's like, um, that's like people... Like there's that one where I said about, you know, when I found an employee slumped his uh, computer, it was a Jehovah's Witness at Christmas. Um, and um, I asked him why, why he was in the office, and he said, oh, you hired me because I'm a Jehovah's Witness and we don't celebrate Christmas. And then my response was, that does sound like something a forward-thinking, above-average-looking entrepreneurial leader would say. Now, yeah. who in their right mind would actually say that? And then who would go and post that? They said that if they did yeah. say that stuff. Definitely. You see what I mean? But then that's a Reddit thread. There's a Reddit thread on that post saying, like, I'm the worst boss ever. Just because and I thought of Reddit content, users, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, like, Reddit users were going to be almost the, what, like, the smart internet users. I don't know. It's funny Weird, how people it? react. Yeah, it is really mad how, which goes back to the one of the, the the first questions we asked about, like how many people get it and how many people understand it. Like I know we, we talked about before, um, before we started recording. Like we, I've had a conversation recently with my niece and nephew, just done the GCSEs, and it's about understanding what success is and what success means to you. Because everyone says be successful. Everyone says there's the tricks to be successful why you should be successful you should get up at four o'clock in the morning and go to the gym and meditate and drink water and lemon juice and all this kind of crap but no one actually defines what it is no one actually says this is what success looks like or feels like or anything like that and that's why when i got the chance to interview you and chat to you and stuff like that which has been really super interesting is it's okay just to be you and like just like accept it and why why do you have to conform if they're your opinions why shouldn't you be able to put them online because if my opinion was different i would yeah of course if you are if you have a motivational speaker who's like get up at four in the morning go to the gym you should have this you should drive a jaguar you should have a rolex and all this kind of lifestyle crap that we mentioned before if that's their opinion of success that's fine fill your boots but if your opinion of success is like you've mentioned plenty of times, so, someone's got to be a bin man. Someone's got to be a milkman. And with all the respect in the world to people who have them jobs, they're hard-working jobs who actually contribute and do stuff and make places look nicer and all these kinds of different things. Like, that's fine. No, you, you've mentioned a couple of times, like, not everyone needs to have another business. Not everyone needs to be hustling from their kitchen table. It's it's fine. Yeah, Just, of course. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't. We need to. We need to not get back to like everyone. Like, 
life now is, is shit, isn't it? Like, everyone always talks about the glory days. Life is better. But if you notice, people part back onto when things were better. And it was always when we didn't have the internet and we weren't having this stuff forced down yeah. our necks. And we didn't have Love Island and we didn't have photoshopped, sponsored content being censored, millions and millions of... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, think about it like I this. Mean, back in the day, in- people, people had a trade. So... You were a builder or a carpenter or an electrician or a plumber, and you contributed to either buildings or home life or whatever it was. Now, I can be famous for nothing. Nothing. Yeah, like, you can be famous by telling other people how to be famous. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you can, I'm not you even can famous now, yet. You can now be a, mil- a millionaire business owner by telling people how to run a million pound business when they've never done it themselves. Yeah. All they've done is put themselves. They've filled in the like, rule number one, put your job title as CEO and founder online. Rule number two, put out some video content. It's like, it's it's so formulaic, it's unreal. And um, and I, I just think that that's who I appeal to. I appeal to those people that are wise enough to see that it's nonsense. And the people that don't like, don't like my content either. Um, they just don't like it. And, like, they don't like it, obviously not gonna win, uh, win everyone over. And then there's another, another group, which actually, they love that kind of content because that's easy to consume. That's easier than understanding that life is tough. To be successful is hard. Um, and like you said, success isn't what they're saying. Success is relative. Yeah, it's completely unique to you. It's like we chatting about um, the whole fitness game and getting into fitness and all this kind of stuff earlier. And it's one of one of the quotes that always gets me is um, it's an Arnie quote or a Ron Coleman quote or something where everyone wants to go into the gym and be massive, but no one wants to lift heavy shit. Like yeah. no one wants to pick up a weight, but everyone wants to be huge. Like that that's the logic of, I want to be famous now. I don't actually want to spend time learning about anything so I can help people. I just want to be famous for whatever. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. Sometimes it doesn't even matter what they're famous for. They'll just yeah, exactly. be famous, I guess. Um, okay. So, to kind of tilt the, the interview a little bit now and say um, we've talked about the, the speaking and the views and the, the why you do what you do and stuff like that, but how Mike Winnett as a as a demotivational speaker and as a brand, uh, yeah. How how do you run your business? What is the what? How do you get the most out of of your days or your business? And how do you kind of make Mike Winnett work? Um, so like working with good people, the thing is, it's like, you've got to try and work with people that match your work ethic. And, and I think that's a, that's a big thing. That was like, uh, any tip for running a successful business. It's like, you've got to put the graft in, you've got to put the effort in, you know, things aren't just going to happen. You've got to try and make them happen really. Um, so that's kind of anyone that we, we work with in the might winning stuff. That's what we kind of look for. But, um, I don't know if there's any like silver bullet. I wish there was. If there was, I might be a motivational speaker. <laughs> nice. So then we're going to, I suppose, uh, to close out our interview then and to kind of to start wrapping things up a bit, we always do a quick fire with all of our guests to say yeah. um, what, just literally what's the first thing that comes to your head. So we'll shoot through our quick fires as well and, and see where we get to with those, if that's okay. Yeah, fine, yeah. Cool. So uh, the one app that you can't live without, um, what uh, is it and why is it? Uh, Nutmeg. Do you know that app? It's like an investment app. I have heard of it before, yes. 
Yeah, so uh, just like an investment app, really. So it's instead of putting your money obviously in the bank or in ISAs and stuff, I've, I've always put a little bit of money in investments, and it's just a great way to see your money increase or decrease, as it sometimes does, um, but with better returns than you get from the bank. So that's kind of the one that I'm using a lot at the moment. So I'm pretty interested in that. So for anyone that's who doesn't know Nutmeg is, is it something that you can get into pretty easily? Is it something you can easily set up and kind of run and yeah, yeah, manage so yourself? Yeah, so yeah, just go on, download it, uh, download the app. You get asked some questions and they work out how, how risk averse you are, you know, in terms of like financially, you know, do you want guaranteed returns? Are you willing to risk a bit more and kind of find out about how you are in life in general? Then they come back with some options. You can either have like a fully managed service or you can do it yourself. And basically you put your money in and then you can, um, and that's it basically. You just invest your money and you can pull it out whenever you want to. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. So your favorite book, one that inspired you the most or motivated slash demotivated you the most? Which one would that be? Yeah. So um, this is, I would say, um, a good question. I've got two books. So there's Millionaire Teacher. I don't know if you've ever heard of that book. No. So that is about a teacher um, that is a millionaire and he was on a salary of like 35000 a year. Okay. And uh, he basically got invested really early. And um, he become like financially literate, and he's basically written a book which like the nine rules of wealth that we should have learned at school. Really, really simple stuff that we we don't know, we don't understand about compound interest and all these kind of things, the four percent rule and all these different rules to invest in. Where really, basically, there's an example in that book where for thirty two thousand pounds invested in stocks and shares over an amount of time, like that can turn into a million pounds. But we don't know this stuff because obviously. Um, we're not taught this stuff at school, but like the ultra wealthy people, like we mentioned Warren Buffett before, uh, compound interest is like his biggest rule, you know, for being uh, ultra successful and ultra wealthy. In terms yeah. of, I mean, successful at investments. Uh, so there's that book. And then in terms of impact on me um, in business, it's a book by Richard Templer called The Rules of Wealth. Yeah. And I've had that book for nine years and I read parts of that, I would say, every sort of six months just to almost like have a sanity check, see where I'm at, see what I'm doing, see what I've not done properly or see what I've let slide. And I just kind of um, change some of my habits or uh, remind myself of some of my habits. So they're the two books and they're both about investing or both understanding well. Okay. Next one. Is there any quote or saying that means a lot to you? Um, it's, it's a strange one, really. It's, it's a two-pack one. I used to listen to a lot of rap music when I went to school in the 90s. And it was, um, I want the money, fuck the fame, I'm a simple man. It's like, and I think that's, that is my attitude with um, this stuff. And that's kind of what's made me this demotivational speaker. It's like some people are desperate to be known as being successful when you can do this without all that stuff. You know, you don't need to be online with your Bentley or your fake Rolex on Instagram or whatever. Just get your money, stay off radar, invest it so you can create deep-rooted wealth and it can last your lifetime, your kids' lifetimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, it, it might be a bit bad that it's like a two-pack quote. But that, that's the thing about, we ask all of our guests these things and every one of them's from a different walk of life. Everyone's story is different. Everyone's reasons for being in business or having a business or whatever they do now is, is different. Some of it's motivation, some of it's accidental, some of it's uh, always been a goal. And it's always really interesting to see these quick fire questions because they are always so different. There's no, there's no kind of yeah. um, 
formula i guess there's people always saying the same thing or i've been i guess i've kind of been lucky in that i think anyway people have been pretty honest with their answers and saying why things motivate them why things mean a lot to them um yeah and stuff like that so i if it means it if it means a lot to you then it's it's, it's fair game on the show like it's great um and the, the one last thing would be what would be the one thing you would take to a desert island um, it would probably be IU Average, which is going to be the best-selling business book of 2019. It's my own book. That's what I'd say. It's the best read of ever. Probably the best read ever. And it you is, can quote me on that. Yeah, it is the best read ever. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's going to be the tagline for the show, just so you know. There you go. When we put it out, that's, that's what our tagline will be. Right? So, Mike, I think um, we can wrap up. And, again, I just want to say – a massive, massive thank you for being on the show, letting me interview you and, and kind of um, letting us delve into Mike Winnet a little bit more and see what you're about and see what your whole um, demotivational approach is and why it is. It, it's just been, this has been an interesting show for me, most definitely. Oh, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Cool. Thank you. Cheers. And there you go. There is Mike's story, Mike's outlook on life, business, uh, success, not success, life aspirations, all these kinds of things, how he's positioned himself to be the anti-motivational speaker, but um, in very, very much in some ways he does motivate people. He lets people accept who they are, what they are, um, helps them accept that they um it's fine to be you. Like you don't need to drive around in a in a Jaguar with a Rolex and take pictures of yourself holding a steering wheel and all these kind of things. Influence a lifestyle and influence a, um, what influencers put out on a daily basis is not real life. And I think that is the thing that is the big takeaway from everything. What you what not you but people um, put out on social is. The, what they think is their best possible version of themselves. And although sometimes it's used in a motivational way, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it can be quite the opposite, in fact, and it can um, have a negative effect on people rather than a positive effect on people. So the whole um, demotivational approach, I think, is really – Mike's hit the nail on the head. Like, he's, he's really caught a niche, and it shows because people are jumping on it and people are um, – want to be involved with him, want to hear what he's got to say, want to hear his outlook and his points of views and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, there you go. There's Mike Winner. What I did find out after the show is that that's Mike's very first podcast interview. So we do really, really appreciate his time. Um, super nice guy, super, super good interview. I'm sure you'll agree. Let us know what you think in the comments and um, in, the, in the blog post and when we post this just to – What's your outlook on success? How do you define success? How do you how, how do you feel about the whole motivational marketplace? Is it good? Is it bad? Does it work for you? Doesn't it work for you? All of these things, let us know. Share your views and opinions, and you can drop us a message. We'll share them on the show next week. So thanks again to Mike. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week with another show.